Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Great. <laughs> you couldn't hear me? Good morning, everyone. Is that better? Okay, good. Man, I gotta turn my mic on. Oh, that's all right. Hey, I got several things up here right now. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, of course, with our capitalist system that started before uh, that satanic holiday of Halloween. But that's besides the point. Uh, here we go. Christmas dinner here at 5 o'clock this coming Sunday evening. Not tonight, next week. Uh, 5 to 7-ish. Who knows how long it will go? Right here at the building. Uh, sign up to bring a Christmas dish. Down the center over here. Uh, the clipboard didn't get all the way around last week, so here we go. Uh, sign up for a Christmas dish uh, for the family dinner. Bring a gift to exchange. Uh, bring a gift to exchange. So it's the bring a gift, receive a gift program. And uh, uh, no Chia Pets, please, especially for bald-headed guys. Uh, again, that was, I'm emotionally damaged by that, obviously. Uh, ugly Christmas sweater contest. Now, I know some looked at me like, what? Well, I figured, you know what? We might as well have a good time while we can have a good time. And so, ugly Christmas. Someone suggested I buy an ugly suit, a Christmas ugly suit. So, that made me think a little bit. I don't know. I'm sure they sell ugly Christmas suits. Are you volunteering to buy me an ugly Christmas suit? <laughs> An elf costume. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm 10, 15 bucks. Preferably not a frivolous gift, especially since the economy is so tight. Might as well buy something that's good for people rather than a bald-headed chia thing. Okay, just going on and moving right along. Oh, by the way, notice I say participation is optional. That's not a required if you're freaking out. I'm not going because you don't need to. Just come and laugh at the others who do wear an ugly Christmas sweater or suit or whatever. Okay. Uh, let's see. Any questions on that? No questions on that? Yes. No, no, not at my house. It's going to be here at this, this building. Man, that would be cram city. All right. But that's a great. Thank you. Ask that question. Oh, we'll have to break down chairs yes. And this this flyer or this little thing, there's some of them outside uh, on the entryway. So please grab that. Also, too, I want you to be aware. I love it when people bring their Christmas cards here for people. But right before Christmas, if people don't pick up their cards, you might want to put them in the mail because then they'll stay around here for eons like some of them have in years past. Just just saying. Uh, oh, by the way, if you want to get in the Christmas spirit, I have something to hang on your refrigerator. It is the December calendar for, uh, well, that's kind of kind of Christmassy looking. That's got a good Bible verse on there. So let's see what else do I got here. Uh, College Age is hosted by Logan and Julie Drillinger tomorrow night. What time did you want us to be there? Six. Okay, six o'clock. If you're College Age and you want to participate, uh, Julie and Logan. Logan and Julie have been so gracious to open up their home and cook us a meal. Uh, Sunday and Wednesday nights coming up in December are going to be at Tamara's place, except, obviously, 
uh, next Sunday evening. But everything else, we'll be, we'll be hanging at Tamara's place uh, Wednesday night and Sunday night. And, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you on the 25th. Uh, as we have done in the past, so we're going to continue to do. As you can see on your calendar, uh, we are canceling Sunday evening assembly for family time. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yes. Cool, cool, all right. Oh, yes, and there will be a Monday night tomorrow night at the Drillingers, but the following Monday night, X and A, because we're going to party hardy on the 16th, College Aids party the 16th. Can we party at your house on the 16th? No, I'm just kidding. We'll party at our, our <laughs> we'll party at our place. All right, any other announcements? Logan, could I get your assistance? I know you're not as cute as Braxton, but you're doing a pinch, man. Of course, I know your wife thinks you're cute. I know that. So, all right, here we go. Let's see here, Jacob. Your prayer meditation was inspiring and encouraging. Thank you for helping us prepare our minds for action. But wait, there's more. Jacob Compton, I appreciate your uh, uh, prayer meditation. It was well studied, and you communicated clearly and concisely. Very powerful message. Backed up with a life of commitment to God. Amen. Let's give it up for Jacob Compton. That was awesome. Okay. Man, you're not as fast as Braxton. <laughs> Is that all day setting in? <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I'm going to make you feel better right now. I have two of these for you. So I'm going to make it so you don't hate me too bad, okay? Uh, Logan D., I appreciate the spirit, uh, spiritual depth and conviction evident in your prayer meditation. Thanks for your example of devotion to God. We're doing this because you, you were called out last week. So, uh, Mr. Logan, your message was awesome. Ty. So let's give it up for Logan. He's being a good sport this morning. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Uh, Jeff Drillinger, you are a great example of enduring and not losing heart in the midst of pain and trials. Praying for you always. There you go. Awesome. Let's give it up to Jeff. It's awesome. Uh, Lars and Angie, it is so good to have you two back. Hope you had a great birthday, Lars. Love seeing your guys, you your guys' smiles here. There we go. <laughs> Let's give it up for Lars and Angie. Yeah, yep, it's it's true. Yes. Would just like everyone to know that there are only 363 days until Desi's birthday. <laughs> All right, it's on December 2nd, right? Oh, wow. Are there birthdays today? Oh, were you not here last week? Do we? I don't think we ever sang the Lars. Oh, okay, Lars. Who else? Who else was skipping out? Oh, Carly. Yeah, yeah. We never got to sing to you. 
Well, I know you work. I know. It's awesome. But that doesn't mean you escape when you show up. Thank you. Anybody else need to be victimized this morning? So anybody else? No, this is, we're going to be seeing happy. It's happy birthday, not victimizing you for being born. You're in good company, the family of God. All right? Anybody else? No one else want to fess up? Okay, here we go. Lars! There you go, man. Happy birthday, dude. You're looking good. All right? All right, Carly, you're always looking good. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woo All right. Yeah, Lars and I have a long history. We've been known each other for how many decades now? Three, four decades? Yeah, all close to four decades. That's a long time. Man, it's great to have you here. Part of the assembly, part of the family. It's awesome. Okay. And you brought your lovely bride along, which is great too. So. Okay, moving right along quickly before I stick my foot in my mouth. Any further, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. I know you're shocked with me saying that, but... I'm going to say it anyway. Ephesians 4. We are not done with Ephesians 4. And uh, we need to get done quickly uh, with Ephesians 4 because I've got a few more things to share before the close of the year. Ephesians chapter 4. One of the anchor verses for this last section. How do we develop trust in others by becoming trustworthy ourselves. And so we're continuing that lesson series. So, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Why or how? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, uh, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit just as also you are called in one hope of your calling. And today, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I want to read one more passage. It's a beautiful passage out of uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 8. 1 Corinthians in chapter 8. And many have quoted... Uh, the first two verses, and, and understandably so. They're, they're fantastic verses. But I want to read a little bit more of the context, and you'll, you'll see why. Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. Now if anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. Therefore, concerning the, the eating of things sacrificed to idols, we know that there is no such thing as an idol in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many little g gods and many little l lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom 
whom are all things, and we exist through him. I love that passage. That's awesome. One Lord, one Lord, Jesus Christ. Everyone and everything else is an absolute counterfeit anathema to God. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, we bow before you this morning as your people, and we ask that you would once again remind us that you are the Lord of all creation, both things that are visible and invisible. Father, we need to recognize that you are the sovereign. You own us. We are owned by you. Honestly, uh, you have given us free will. But having been purchased by you, we chose to give up our will and to take on your will to serve you. And I pray, Father, that we remember that. That's a tough thing to remember. But that's really what we're called to. And I ask that today as we uh, begin to take a look at what it means that Jesus, the one Lord, is the confession of our faith. What does that really mean in regards to building trust uh, in the context of the body of Christ? I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. You know, Paul affirms in Ephesians in chapter 4 and, and verse 5, or verse 6, excuse me, and again in 1 Corinthians and chapter 8 and uh, verse 6, that there's only but one Lord. The one Lord is Jesus Christ. There is no other. But now Paul goes on to assert, Oh, there are many so-called gods and idols, but there is but one God, the Father, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. Now let's throw out a couple idols right now that are very prevalent in the world and maybe even in your, your experience. Some gods, some little gods, some little lords. Go ahead, tell me some. Political leaders, little g, that's what they think. Uh, little g, little l. Who else? Yes. Body. Yeah, me, my body, me. <laughs> I'm master of my universe. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Wait till you get sick or something. Then cut your whining in bed, master of the universe. <laughs> right? So, okay, moving on really quickly. Yes. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand, Gabe. Other little G gods, other little L lords. My phone. Oh my goodness, thank you for sharing that. Shame on you that you should bring that up. <laughs> Wait a minute, I gotta look at my... Yeah, really. <laughs> that's, a, that's a scary great one. I mean, bad one, but you know what I'm saying. What else? What is it? Spouses. Spouses. Is that possible? Yep. I mean, I got a trophy wife, man. I'm telling you what. She's awesome. I know. That was weird. She married up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting red. I married up. Wow, for those of you who remember what that's all about. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on quickly. Any other little G-gods? Any little L-lords? Hollyweird. Hollyweird, yeah. And all the little members of Hollyweird. Ford, yeah, Ford. All right. Oregon Ducks, all right. What else? I mean, look, 
The world is filled with them. And they're all vying for your eyes and your ears and your minds and your hearts. Amen? All of them. Absolutely, positively. But there's only one Lord. And you know, when the church starts going after all these other gods, guess what happens to trust? What happens to trust? Well, which God are they going to follow today? Which Lord are they going to worship today? Which and, and you're saying, well, that's sick. That's weird. That doesn't happen. You know what? As Andrew said, self is probably one of the most pervasive, pernicious gods ever. And think all other gods play off of self. So it's important for us to answer the three questions. What does it mean that Jesus is Lord? That's the first question we're going to ask and we're going to answer. The second question is, is, how do you know if Jesus is your Lord? How do you know if Jesus is someone's Lord? Once you know what it means that Jesus is Lord, how do you know if Jesus is your Lord? You can examine yourself. In fact, we're asked to do that in the scriptures, aren't we? We can know pretty quickly if Jesus is Lord. By the way, you know, it's really awesome if you're a Christian. If you realize, up, oh, up. Oh, one of those little G's got a hold of me. You can kick him out of your life and make Jesus come back, repent, and confess, and you'll be restored. I love that about the true New Testament Christianity. Because I have to be honest with you. If you're honest, and I'm honest, those little G's and those little L's sometimes grab your eyeballs and grab your brain, your common sense, and you're off to the races for a little bit, and you go, whoa, wait. Hopefully you do that yourself rather than suffering the consequences for following one of those idols in your life, amen? And then finally, finally, how does putting Jesus Christ as Lord consistently in your life build trustworthiness and as important, build trust in each other? As my son Jacob spoke, and I believe it's true, and I think we all understand this, dark times are ahead. Dark times are ahead. And I need you and you need me to help us get to heaven. Let me prove that to you really quickly and I'll get back to my sermon. This is a freebie, it's not in my notes. It's so dangerous when I do this, but I gotta do it. Hebrews chapter three, please turn there. Hebrews chapter three, verse 12. Listen to the word of encouragement by the Lord. Notice what he says. Brothers and sisters, I need you. We need each other. Notice what it says. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sins. Wow, that's a powerful passage, isn't it? The deceitfulness of sin and how we can deceive ourselves. And I need you. We need each other. I hope you need me. I hope I'm worthy. But we need each other. So this lesson is so important. So what does it mean that Jesus is Lord? Go back to that passage of scripture in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Uh, and verse 6, it says there is one Lord, one Lord. You know that word Lord 
is kurios. Kurios is the Greek word for Lord as it's speaking about Jesus. You know what that means? It has two, two reference points, and I have the, in your notes those uh, two reference points. Number one, number one is that Jesus is the supreme ruler or master. The supreme. There is no one greater than Jesus Christ. He is the supreme ruler. When you step out from underneath his protection, all of those little gods and all those little idols, man, they grab you immediately. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. And I really do appreciate what you said, Julie. The, the cell phone is a powerful tool for good. This morning I was in Poland and Belarus at the same time. Just a sweet fellowship with those two young ladies, Anne and, and, and Nicole. Powerful tool that way, but man, it is a satanic tool when we don't control it and it controls us. Amen? That wasn't pretty weak sauce, but that's okay. It's absolutely true. See? So it's important for us to recognize that, that Jesus needs to be Lord of every thought and every word and every motive. Absolutely, positively. And so, supreme in authority. He's our master. By the way, you know Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations before the last day. The coming of the Lord is closer than it's ever been before. And I think there's evidence of it being very near. My son, Andrew, and I are beginning a deep study in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 1, blow you away. I need to be like Jeremiah. We need lots of Jeremiahs right now. Chapter 1 tells you why we need Jeremiah's right now. Verse 15, if you have a good command of the scripture, will go, I need to be in the driver's seat like Jeremiah right now. That's why we need to prepare our minds for action. Thank you, son, for that, that call to action. Why? Jesus must be Lord for us to be more than conquerors. You know, there's another definition which is even greater and more powerful in my mind and that's this. The word curios means, and I want to make sure I get this, the owner and possessor of a person or a thing. The owner and possessor of a person or thing. I don't know if you like this concept or not, but you're a slave. You're a slave. You got a choice of who your master is. There's only really two choices. Only two choices. The Lord Jesus or the devil. And the devil's going to work through all those little G's and all those little L's to grab you and possess you and drive you away. Did you catch that? So there's only two lords. The problem is, is all those other little lords, they oftentimes have a louder voice because oftentimes if we don't read the scriptures, that still small voice of the Lord is silenced. We don't assemble. And we, we let this thing teach us. The still small voice of God is not there. By the way, the still small voice of God is powerful. Powerful, powerful. So my prayer is, is that we would recognize and understand that Jesus Christ is the one who owns you, he possesses you, and he will bless you as you faithfully step up and serve him 
the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now, isn't it interesting? On the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches the first gospel sermon. And right before he finishes his gospel sermon, he has this pointed conclusion. Let all the house of Israel know for certain, that's all of you Jewish people out there, that God has made him both Lord, supreme authority, owner and possessor of all mankind, and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. They knew exactly what Peter was saying. And that's why they said, Brethren, what shall we do? They were freaking out because they understood Jesus is Lord and they just crucified him and he was raised from the dead. They see these apostles powerfully preaching. They just saw a pillar of fire come out of heaven and distribute on the heads of the apostles and they're preaching. They're just going, we are in trouble. When I realized that I was not a Christian, the fear, the terror moved me to be immersed. Now, I have to tell you that I had studied repentance, I had studied faith, and I had studied all the different baptisms. But then, on August 12, 1982, not a still small voice, a commanding voice in the heavens. You're saying, wow, that sounds like Paul. No, it was in my head and in my heart. Now why do you delay? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's out of the word of the Lord. And I made sure I got that done. You know, there's another passage of scripture. You can look it up in Acts chapter 10. And I have it right there, the reference there. Acts chapter 10 and verse 36. It's amazing. Peter, once again, the next time he preaches the gospel sermon of the Gentiles said that Jesus is the Lord of all. Not just Jewish people, but all people. All the world for all times, Jesus is Lord. Now, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Well, examine yourself. Is Jesus Lord of my life? How do you know if Jesus is Lord of your life? Look at the scriptures that I bring to bear this morning. You will know that you are a Christian if you openly confess your faith that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and you're unashamed. Now, you don't want to stand on the street corner with a big sign, I believe Jesus is Lord and you do too. They'll look at you like you're a nut job, because pretty much you are. Uh, you, need to, you need to make sure that you have no shame in letting people know that you're a Christian that Christ is your Lord. I want you to take a look at Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 10. Romans 10, verse 6 through 10. It clearly speaks there that Jesus is to be the confession of our mouth. In Romans in chapter 10, speaking of faith, and I'd like to teach you all the things that <clears throat> really are meant by the greater uh, passage, verse 6 through 10, but I just want to focus on verse 9 and 10. But let's get the context. Verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Hey, look, Jesus came from heaven. He ascended back up. 
And you know that he ascended to the lower parts of the earth, it says in the scriptures. Why are you even saying who is going to ascend, who is going to descend? Jesus already did both of those things. Don't you believe? But then he goes on in verse 8, and he says this. But what does it say? What does the scripture say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, Kyrios, supreme authority in your life, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart of man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Do not keep your mouth shut when there's an opportunity for you to share your convictions, your faith, your absolute confidence, your Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the Lord. Romans chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 and 17. Man, I love this one. I love this one. I give you some additional verses there for each one of these passages. Romans chapter 1, verses 15, 16 and 17. <clears throat> I'm eager to preach to you who are in Rome the gospel. Okay, Why is he eager to preach the gospel? Well, what does it say there? It says, it's the power of God for a salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For in the gospel, the salvation, or excuse me, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. The faith that we're speaking of. So is Jesus Lord? Are you unashamed in your conversation about your conviction? I mean, again, you don't walk up to a stranger and say, hey, Jesus is my Lord. Is he your Lord? And that just does not work. I've seen some zealous preachers do that. I was walking with one in Walmart. He had to get some stuff, and he decided that he's going to go right up to the greeter and say, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm wondering if you love Jesus. Is he your Lord? I went, I got to go look over at the oil section. It's not that I'm embarrassed, but man, that's not how it's done. You don't do it that way. You're saying, well, why not? Go ahead and try it and see how effective you are in opening doors of opportunity. You live the life first. You live the life first, and people will start asking, you're a Christian? Absolutely, positively. Before I was a Christian, I was a disaster. But I love the Lord now. Now, I don't know if people have been doing that in your life, but they've been doing that in my life a lot. And I know he's, people have been doing that in your life as well because the way you live. You don't cuss, you don't drink, you don't smoke, and you don't chew, and you don't hang out with people who do. Really? Well, yes, I hang out with people who do that all the time. They just don't see me doing it with them. But that doesn't mean that I don't love them. And I'm telling you what, I've gone to places where people were getting absolutely brain dumb drunk I was asked to do a wedding an open bar can you imagine what that was like open bar at Sun River 300 people at the wedding they all came out for the the rehearsal because it was open bar barbecue the the, the king law or the the great lodge the whole thing was ours and all of the grounds it was wild so I just drank soda water. Hey, Richard, you shouldn't be drinking because you got to drive home. I said, I'm drinking soda water. Huh? Why? 
Because I'm a preacher. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I guess I um, have a different mindset about that. The reality is, is you can confess Jesus as Lord in a whole host of ways. How you live and how you speak have to be consistent. Oh, by the way, that goes to my second point, point number two. That's on the back side. It's your conduct. It's your behavior that's going to manifest whether Jesus is Lord or not. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. How many of you know that? I know you all know it. You can actually finish it for me. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and... I've got to say it louder than that. Why do you call me... Jesus, Jesus said this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, Curios, Curios, my supreme master, owner and possessor. I'll do everything he tells me to do. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and... And do not do what I say. Wow, that's Jesus talking. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And then he goes on to talk about two people. One person does what Jesus says, builds this rock-solid life. The other person confesses Jesus as Lord, but doesn't do what he says, and then what happens to his or her life? Disaster. Sooner or later. Sooner or later. Now look, I am not condemning you. I'm saying you examine yourself. Am I in the faith that Jesus is Lord, my Lord? Is there evidence? Don't be self-deceived. Let's encourage one another. Help each other. Grow in faith and faithfulness. I'm not going to forget that you brought up the cell phone. That bugs me a lot. But I appreciate you, sister, for calling me out. It's good stuff. All right, moving on. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7. Look at Matthew chapter 7. A lot of people go, uh, I, I think I know what Matthew 7 says. It's, a, it's, a, it's another great passage. You got to love it when Jesus opens his mouth. Conviction usually is right on the, right on the cusp of, of coming into your life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 uh, <clears throat> through verse 20. Matthew chapter, I get Matthew 7, not 6. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20, so then you will know them by their fruits. The word fruits there actually should be deeds. If you use the word of God as the standard of your morality, your ethical behavior, if you use the scripture as the standard, you know who you're actually listening to? You're listening to Jesus say, this is how you ought to live if I am Lord. I do not regret ever giving up alcohol. I don't regret it. In fact, it's amazing how my insurance went down. It's amazing how infrequently I've wrecked my car. Right? The last time I wrecked my car was because I fell asleep at the wheel coming home from an 11 o'clock Bible study at night 
and I decided to pass in the wrong place and someone decided to get into the road at the wrong time. And so that was not a happy thing. But that wasn't because I was messed up. It's because I was tired coming home from a Bible study. The reality is, is that I've not regretted doing the right thing. When I've done the right thing, even though sometimes the consequences have been hard, the blessing either is immediate or comes down the road. So it's important for us to recognize, check out your conversation and your confession. Check out your conduct and behavior. Is it in alignment with the fruit or the good deeds that Jesus calls us to? Finally, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. 2 Thessalonians. Why don't you turn there real quick? 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. Verses 6 through 8. For after all, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You know, to obey the gospel doesn't mean to be baptized only. How many know Romans chapter 6? And I'm going to close with this one and we'll come back and finish it up next week. Uh, as much as I love this new schedule, I don't like this new schedule. So anyway, I want to be respectful of your time. But what does Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 say? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? What? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. You were therefore buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the Father, so you too may walk in the newness of life. Notice, crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, raised up with Christ for a reason, to walk in the newness of life. To walk in in the newness of life, to walk in the newness of life. Whose life? What does that look like? You can examine yourself in every word. You can examine yourself in every action. You can examine yourself in every motive. And I have to be honest with you. If we want trust to be built, trust so that when things really start to shake out, and they will, if the word of God is true, we can trust each other. I know that Rick will have my back and Rick knows I have his back. If we learn to trust each other by being trustworthy. Let's build and finish this lesson next week. Pray you'll come back and learn now how, how do we build the trust that's gonna help us to be unshakable in this crazy, crazy time coming our way. Amen? Okay, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. It's so powerful. The word clearly is able to pierce the heart. And that's exactly what we want. We want to hear you, Lord. And we want to hear you clearly on how you want us to grow and become 
the great and powerful and awesome people that you've called us to be in your son, Jesus Christ. When we become those people, then we will be trusted because we will be trustworthy, just like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to return next week. Help us to think about these things. Help us to invest ourselves in growing our faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Let's get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, we'll see you tonight over at Tamra's. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.